Welcome to Credit Hour, a weekly thought-provoking conversation with the brightest minds from the University of South Dakota. They get the credit, we ask the questions. This is Credit Hour. Today on Credit Hour, we speak with Dr. Susan Anderson, Chair of Family Medicine at the USD Sanford School of Health, about the status of telehealth in South Dakota. Dr. Anderson, how are you doing today? Great. How about you? I'm doing excellent. Thank you for asking. Um, You know, we wanted to talk to you about telemedicine today, but I first wanted to address um, your role as chair of the family medicine department at the Sanford School of Medicine here at USD. And you're also the director of the Frontier and Rural Medicine or Farm Program at USD. What do these programs do? What does your role entail? Sure. Well, I've been with USD Sanford School of Medicine since 2000, since I finished residency. And uh, family medicine and rural medicine have been near and dear to my heart. I grew up on a farm in rural South Dakota. I still live in a rural community in South Dakota. And so delivering care and taking care of our population in rural and remote sites is is very important to me. And so as chair of the family medicine department, um, I obviously try to facilitate the curriculum uh, that the medical students receive in regards to family medicine. But since 2012, I've been the director of the Frontier and Rural Medicine program. And that program is a specific program in which students are immersed in a rural community for nine to 10 months of their clinical education. So really their third year of medical school. And during that immersion process, they learn to appreciate the rewards and challenges that are specific to working and living in a rural community in South Dakota. What are some of those challenges? Well, some of the challenges, I believe, have gotten much better and aren't the big challenge that they used to be. Uh, Access to care, access to specialty care has been a challenge. Uh, There's been the um, assumption that if you're in a rural community that you're isolated. But with the advent of technology and telemedicine in particular, um, those those things of isolation and limited specialty care uh, have somewhat been eliminated. Well, that's a good transition into the topic we wanted to discuss, telemedicine. Well, I mean, what is telemedicine? Telemedicine is receiving care remotely. Um, it's not just a teleconference or a telephone call or two physicians talking about a patient. Uh, that would be telehealth. Telemedicine is where you have a patient on one end of a video and audio source, and you have a physician on the other end. And the physician is uh, caring for the patient or directing care of that patient via that modality. You know, when did telemedicine start, I guess? I mean, was it around when when you were in medical school or is, you know, is it just in the last few years? Actually, if you look into the history of telemedicine, it's been around for decades, but the technology had to catch up with our need for telemedicine. And now with the advent of smartphones and and other modalities, it's much more accessible to patients and physicians alike. The other thing that had to occur and is still occurring is the payment model had to adapt uh, to be able to deliver that type of care. You know, another barrier I thought might exist to telemedicine would be some of the regulatory hoops and hurdles. I mean, how responsive were government entities, you know, in terms of authorizing telemedicine? How did that process work? It's still ongoing, and I think government entities has been have been as responsive as they can be. I know there's bills regarding telemedicine in the South Dakota legislature this year in this session, and I um, am familiar with some of the telemedicine that occurs in our region. Uh, one of the large ses- systems is very involved in telemedicine, and uh, physicians that uh, are 
employed and working in that have to have licenses in a variety of states uh, where they provide care. And and so, again, the policies um, and the rules and regulations have have had to adapt and change um, as it's become a more popular uh, delivery method for care. Yeah, how prevalent is it? I would say, you know, if you look um, at the data, 90% of systems are looking at ways to um, deliver telemedicine. You know, was the I think about this just in terms of, you know, working in a, a college environment. Sometimes there's some pushback with the advent of technology. It might not deliver all of the problems that we think it does. I mean, was there kind of a philosophical debate between doctors who really thought that you needed to be face-to-face with a patient? Or did the medical profession pretty quickly realize the benefits of this and say, hey, this is just something that we have to figure out how to use effectively? I think in South Dakota in particular, it's a nice marriage between the face-to-face care that can happen with a family physician in a rural community, and then the specialty care that might not be available locally can be accessed through telemedicine. So there's still uh, avenues to receive that face-to-face care, but um, more specialized care or care that isn't available locally can be accessed this way. You know, along those same lines, people talk about a bedside manner. I mean, when you're educating doctors that are probably going to, in some circumstances, maybe they might practice more telemedicine than, than face-to-face, you know, as their as their careers progress. Are there any differences, any oh, specific skills that you try to highlight um, in regard to telemedicine that, that maybe isn't as much of an emphasis when you have somebody there just right in front of you? Absolutely. I think uh, we try to Um, expose students to telemedicine right away in their first year of medical school so they have an experience in telemedicine. Uh, We're actually doing a bit of a research project looking at their um, perspective into telemedicine and their comfort level with it before and after they have this intervention where they're actually given instruction in telemedicine. We also have a telemedicine elective uh, that has become very popular. We've had it for only about four years and um, Students during their last year of medical school can take elective rotations, so they can pick and choose based on their interest and what specialty they hope to specialize in. And we've gone from you know single-digit numbers taking the telemedicine elective to last year there were sixteen that took the telemedicine elective. So that's out of a class you know of seventy-one students. So the interest is continuing to grow on our frontier and rural medicine program, which is the rural training track. We actually do a simulated uh, telemedicine. Um, exercise for them. So they are located in their rural community. We're located at the medical school campus in Sioux Falls, and we, with a standardized patient, so they all have the same patient, and they do this individually, we do a telemedicine um, experience where they're seeing a patient that has um, a diagnosis or a chief complaint that lends itself um, to telemedicine. And all the students rate that as a positive experience. You know, are along these same lines again, I mean, you know, are there specific questions that you have to ask? I mean, is it more about feelings if you can't touch? I mean, obviously, this is so contextual to what a person would be going to the doctor's office for, right? But you know, I'm curious. It's it's like from a patient perspective, I guess. I mean, if I was going to enter into a telemedicine appointment, I mean, is there things that I should be aware of? Um, should I be more explanatory to you know the medical professional that's on the other side of the screen? How do I make the appointment effective? Well, that's part of the art of medicine. We always say history, history, history. You really need to take a good history as a physician and understand what's going on with the patient. And a lot of your uh, diagnostic skills are utilized in that history taking. So again, 
you're interacting just like you would in the office, but you're doing it via a video screen. You know, you talked about some of the programs that USD and the, the, the electives that USD has offered to kind of embrace telemedicine. I mean, what's the next five to 10 years look like in terms of telemedicine at USD? I mean, is the, you talked about, you think that there'll be more interest. I mean, is there better technology that we'll embrace? Uh, what are sort of the next steps to become kind of the expert in this field? I do think that the technology is going to continue to advance and improve. And I also think that the School of Health Science um, and the other graduate programs that are at USD are embracing this as well. Uh, for example, the Addiction Counseling and Prevention Program has a three-credit-hour course in telehealth. Um, dental hygiene is developing a teledentistry course for licensed hygienists. Um, the occupational therapy program includes telemedicine um, and telerehabilitation in its curriculum. So again, I think it's going to continue to grow. The other thing that I think is really important is the concept of team care. And we take care of patients not on an island, but we take care of them as a team. And so that's why we need to model and instruct our students in telemedicine because they're going to be doing this um, as a team approach when they get out into practice. Um, a final thing is, as we want to provide the best quality care that we can to rural and remote sites in South Dakota, we know that some of that is going to have to happen via telemedicine just because of the distances. Uh, you know, we have 850,000 people, but we have a lot of a lot of land, a lot of miles between our largest communities. And so what's the most efficient way to reach those people? Through technology. And so we have to be abreast of those changes and we have to be in the forefront instructing our students on how to adapt those into their practices. We talk about technology, obviously, just in relation to telemedicine. In a more general sense, how has technology evolutionized, revolutionized the field of medical education? I mean, is it substantially different than, like I said, when you were you know, getting your medical license and having to go into the library? I mean, how much different is it? I think it has changed a lot as far as access to information. Uh, I think technology has also improved our diagnostic skills in some ways with uh, point-of-care ultrasound and other modalities like that. On the other hand, um, patient care is about knowing that individual and continuity of care over time, following disease processes over time, um, being an advocate for that patient. And so some of the things don't change. Taking a good history doesn't change. Having uh, rapport with a patient uh, and, again, being being that partner with the patient in their health care, that doesn't change. But how we receive the information, maybe some of the uh, diagnostic tools that we're able to utilize um, those continue to change, and we want to adapt with those changes. And I, it, you know, makes me think maybe the idea of a you know doctor going to somebody's house is like sort of antiquated, but it feels like this is almost in a way like brought us full circle, right? Like we can mm -hmm. get back into mm -hmm. a person's house; they don't have to come to you know a facility. You shared with me this roundtable discussion, I believe, uh, was with Kelly Roan, who's uh, from Avera, also a USD faculty member in the Sanford School of Medicine, and it was just this vivid example about how you can use telehealth and tele telemedicine in emergency situations. Um, the specific example was just in relation to this really horrible burn you know, situation where the facility was fairly understaffed and they you know, weren't sure they were going to be able to you know, 
be able to handle um, the situation that was kind of, you know, coming to their doors literally in ambulances. And the person on the other side of the screen was able to not only interact with the healthcare professionals, make sure they were prepared to intake these patients, but they were there for the patients themselves. I mean, it just was astounding to me that we've reached that point. I mean, are there any other examples of, of where people might think that telemedicine is one thing, but in, in actuality, it's a totally different you know, segment of, of medical health care that has evolved beyond what maybe people think. Absolutely. Uh, there's other examples that Dr. Roan um, has given. You know, she's an ER physician and the ability to be there and be documenting, um, being able to visualize the the whole situation as it's happening and then facilitate um, the helicopter uh, so the local physician can focus on the hands-on on the patient and be caring for him or her um, while the um, the physician that's on via telemedicine can do some of those other things. It's that, it, you know, it, it's, it's a virtual extra set of hands um, that uh, really make the outcomes better. Um, and also, we talked about earlier the, the uh, concept of isolation. Uh, physicians don't feel like they're isolated, that they're the one-man show out there and, you know, it's sink or swim. There is a button that you push and someone comes up on a great big TV and you're able to communicate with them and they can help you uh, while you're trying to take care of a trauma patient, for example. I mean, it's just the potential for it to me is, like, remarkable. I mean, you think about... And again, I, I kind of put this in context of how you know higher education works on a, a college campus. I mean, maybe you might get opportunities to go travel to a, a conference and learn you know a new skill set or something like that from another medical provider. In this situation, it's almost like I mean, you might be working with a you know hospital in Texas one day, Iowa the next. I mean, just the diversity of practice and the experiences that, that the medical you know providers have in different situations and you're getting access to it. I mean it is it's amazing to me how quickly I think then better techniques might be able to be spread or, or knowledge might be able to be you know passed along. Have you noticed any of those situations or is it, it or not, I guess? I think you're absolutely right. I think best practices um, you know can be implemented probably more readily and to a greater extent. I think one area where this is getting a lot of attention is mental health services. Sometimes patients have feel that there's a stigma of going in to be seen for a mental health visit, but if you can stay in your own home and do it via technology, um, you know, you're not going into a clinic. No one's seeing you pull up in, in front of, you know, the clinic and making assumptions of why you're going in. Um, and so I think uh, mental health services are often um, hard to come by uh, and uh, an area where we don't have enough providers. So I think something like this can can help particularly in those areas as well. I mean, I, I hate to point the finger at myself here, but I think about that even like when I sprained my ankle, the last thing I want to do is go to a doctor. You'd probably have a better chance of getting me to at least speak with a medical provider if I was at home, right? Um, I mean, what's the future of telehealth? I mean, it, it seems like it's growing. It seems like it's kind of a rapid evolution. Um, I mean, it, pretty soon, is this going to be the primary source of medical care? Or is there always going to be a, a room for, you know, the family visit? I think there's always going to be room for visiting the family physician. And I think there's a lot of reasons why. I think some of it is patient preference. Um, I think there's, you know, some vis physical exam things that don't lend themselves to, to remote access. Um, but I think in those situations where, um, 
you know, specialty care, um, consultations, um, mental health things, uh, follow up on chronic disease, where maybe the patient doesn't necessarily need to come in, um, but at least needs to check in. And we need to make sure that, you know, they're, they're following along with their treatment plan and answering any questions that they have. Those things can certainly be done uh, remotely and perhaps more efficiently uh, for the patient and for the physician. Uh, Dr. Anderson, thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Credit Hour, a weekly thought-provoking conversation with the brightest minds from the University of South Dakota. Listening is 100% of the grades. We hope you enjoyed the episode. 